Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Believe it. We are so happy here today to to have guests with us and uh, we're also happy to have our dear friends, the Cantrells. I have, I do have, by the way, friends in this life. I know that might be difficult for you to understand, but I do have friends, and I have very close friends. And the Cantrells are very close, and we've known them for many years. And um, it's amazing what God is doing in their ministry and uh, in uh, Burkina Faso, Africa. And uh, they are true missionaries. And they get into where the people are at and minister to them and thank the Lord for the great work that is being done in Burkina Faso, Africa. And they're taking on another role, so it kind of spans beyond that too. And uh, great work that they're doing and is going to continue to, to do. Uh, because they're following God and his direction. So we want them to come and um, minister here today. Everybody say, God bless the Cantrells. Amen. We love you, friends. Can we clap our hands to the Lord? I believe that I believe that the church has been positioned in the greatest place in the history of the church. You've got to understand that God is never taken by surprise. And God has placed the church, specifically this church, in a new place, in a place of influence in this city and if we were ever to look outside of these four walls it is today because the world does not have the peace that we feel in this place I don't know if you noticed but since the first chord of the piano there has not been a spirit of fear at all in here We are the ones who live in perfect peace. We are the ones filled with the presence and the power of God. And in a world of chaos and tribulation and sickness, the world is looking to us. So if there was ever a time to stand, the time is to stand now because the world is looking at us we are in the greatest place you know the kingdom of God does not go backwards the kingdom of God is always advancing God has never 
taken a step back to a giant. He's never taken a step back to a demon. He's never even taken a step back at Calvary. The Calvary was a step closer to the divine destiny of human kindness. And if we will but look at where we are in history today, we're one step closer to the coming of the Lord. The kingdom of God is advancing. It was about 110, maybe 115 degrees the day that I went to our grand market in Ouagadougou, Burkina Faso, West Africa. The heat was so intense that day. And I remember I parked my car. I found a spot in this market is covered up with donkeys and a few camels and motos. You could barely walk. You have to watch to make sure that you're not ran over. And I saw a set of stairs that was ascending to the Grand Marche. And I began to walk up it. The heat was so hot that day. And I got to the second flight of stairs and I was a little winded because of the heat, but I thought I need to get to that last etage or that last landing. And when I got to the top, it was nothing but clear white tile about two or three times the size of the sanctuary. And the tile was a brilliant white and the sun was dancing on the, the brightness of it. It was almost blinding because the sun was so intense. And in the middle of that tile floor was a Muslim man. And he, he was covered in a shroud of white. And all I could see was his hands coming out from underneath the fabric. And in his hands were his prayer beads. He was praying his prayers as he did every day. And at his feet was a little bucket, a little can where people would come by and they would put alms or put just a little money in there for him. He was the only one up there. He was all alone. In that blinding sun with no canopy to cover his head, he prayed his prayers to his God and begged for money. I began to make my way to this man, this old man, and for some reason, when I got to him, I veered to my right and I went on down to the other side. And Titus, for months, it haunted me of why I didn't stop and share this apostolic faith with him. I wondered why I didn't have, I had money in my pocket, why didn't I stop and put maybe a dollar or two dollars or three dollars? Why? Did I walk past this old man in the blinding sun? So there was a day I said, I'm going to go back to that place. And I went back and I climbed those stairs and I got to that third floor only to find that there was no tile. There was no old man. It was just me and the busyness of the market. The vision was so clear I could not discern between reality and what was not real. And that day I vowed to God that I would never walk past the old man covered in a shroud, 
begging for money. What would he have done with this apostolic message? What could he have done with this truth? What generation would have been changed if the missionary who was sent to speak to him would have done his job? But he walked on by, never to know what would happen to the old man and the blinding sun on the white tile. Today is a mission service. Today it's all about him and it's all about them. I appreciate this church so much because every song had us focused on Jesus Christ and his blood and his power and his glory and his majesty. The presence of God was ushered into here so that he could begin to work on our hearts and our spirits. Today we call this Faith Promise Sunday and that might be a a term that might be new to some of you, if not all of you. Faith promise is how we give to missions. It's how we reach the old man on the tile. It's how we go to Sweden or how we go to Haiti or how we go to Europe. Faith promise is the driving force that gets the missionaries from here to there. And I believe that everyone received one of these uh, faith promise cards today. If you've got it, Could you hold it up? If you didn't get one of these, if you could raise your hands and the ushers can get you one of these cards. We also have some here at the front. Faith Promise is for global missions internationally. It's not for Ken Cantrell. It's not for Burkina Faso, although it will impact Burkina Faso. But Faith Promise is a monthly commitment that you will personally do to help support missions. Amen? It's all about him, and it's all about them. Faith promise is what God speaks to you to give on a monthly basis to this church to help support missions. Now, if you've looked at it and you said, well, there's a dollar, I can do that. It's probably not God speaking to you, and that's probably not faith. Now, if you're a 10-year-old here too and you'd like to have one of these things and you get an offer or you get an allowance every month and you say, Dad, I want to give $5 to missions, that's by faith. So at any time during this service as I am preaching the word of God or any time, I want you to ask God, what would he have you to give? If it seems outrageous, it's probably God. If it means giving up Starbucks at least once a week, that's only 20 bucks a month. And in our car, it's $40 a month because it's times two. But if at any point in time God speaks to you or when God speaks to you, I want you to fill this out. And then at the end of the service, we're going to have everyone bring them to the front and we're going to pray that God would help you to meet that faith promise uh, pledge it's a pledge you'll pay it every month and it will help this church the churches we have traveled all over the world and the growing 
churches, the churches that are expanding, the churches are building, are the churches that have a very strong heart for missions. And the reason is, is because when you give outside of yourself, God will give inside of yourself. Has God ever supplied, to, ever supplied your needs? Have you ever been a beneficiary of something that God did? Well, God loves a cheerful giver. I'm going to ask my wife to come and not with, just with yourself and uh, see what she has to share today. Praise the Lord, church. What an awesome presence of God. Thank you, worship team. Rhonda, Sister Burke, the, the lesson this morning was incredible. I'll ponder on that, process it, pray about it, pray God puts it all in my spirit. We're a team, are we not? Are we not a team? God does not expect us to do this alone. And that is my message to you today. First of all, I want to come here and thank you. I want to thank you for connecting with our ministry, with what God is doing in Burkina Faso. We don't go alone. We're not doing this by ourselves. We know you are very much part of it. And we're coming to celebrate you today in all that God is doing in Burkina Faso. When I was studying a couple weeks ago, the Lord gave this to me, and it's really penetrating in my spirit right now. Um, Moses is talking to the new generation, the Israelites. The old generation has died out, and now it's time for the new generation to rise up. And he's forewarning them and talking to them about self-righteousness and not having the spirit of, it's all about me. And he's, he's wanting to, Moses is wanting to let these young people know that God is in charge. He is large and in charge. It is always about God. In Deuteronomy um, 9, you're going to see that he is giving them a forewarning about going up against the land of the giants. Okay, he's, they're getting ready to go to war again. They're ready to take the promised land. And God is saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this through you. So God is saying, I'm going to do it. And then in the very next sentence, he's saying to the Israelites, you're going to fight them. So now wait a minute. He's saying, God, I'm going to do it. And then Moses is turning right around and saying, you're going to do it. And then in the very next sentence, it's back to God. God is doing it. He's the one that's going to annihilate these people, and you are going to take the land. So it can be a little confusing. Is it God? Is it me? Or is it God? Well, the simple answer is that it's us. We're always working together. It's about team building. It's about doing things together and giving God the praise and the glory for all that is going on. And that's what I'm here to say to you all today. With the Burks, they need you. They need a team. They don't reach the city alone. 
with us in Burkina Faso and all of West Africa. We have teams. We have teams in the country. We have leadership in the country that we're developing. We have leadership in all of West Africa. We have leadership in, in World Evangelism. World Evangelism Center. It's always about doing the work of God together. We're not an island that stands alone or receives all the praise and credit. And I'm here to say thank you. Thank you for teaming up with us. Thank you for teaming up and believing. When I come here, it brings me back to my beginning. There's a uniqueness, and a uniqueness, and there's a special bond when I come into the Bethalto Church, the Wood River area. When I, we lived in East Dalton, you were my beginning. I did not do this alone. I have not arrived. We're not in eternity yet, but we're working together. We're team building together. And it's so special and so powerful for me. And I just want to thank you. Thank you for all that you do. We could turn to the reading of the word of God today. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. I specifically chose this section of scripture today because in the world that we are living in, being Pentecostal can sometimes seem irrelevant. Relevant is a word that we are hearing across the pages of history. Relevant. Is it relevant? Is it not relevant? Acts 1 and 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And in Matthew 28, 18, 19. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go. Everyone say go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name, which is singular, of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. You may be seated. This impartation of the Holy Ghost that was poured out on the day of Pentecost was the Spirit of God that came inside of the church. Sister Franny, you probably understand this, but there is a biochemistry word called deoxyribone nucleic acid, commonly referred to as DNA. It is a fundamental and distinctive characteristics are qualities of something or a person. Something that is added, something that is builded, something that, that forms a type of a secular or cellular structure. 
They say that if you are a man, you do not have the DNA to go shopping. And if you're a woman, you probably don't like sitting in a deer stand. Your DNA is different. You can look at Titus Burke's boys and you can see that the DNA of Titus Burke rests heavily in those two boys. You can take a look at Micah and little, I call him Petite Micah. There is a very strong simulance in that boy and his daddy. The DNA of his father is alive in the son. And on the day of Pentecost, something extraordinary transpired. There was a divine deluge of the Spirit of God that was not poured onto, but was poured into humanity. The DNA of Jesus Christ was added to the church collectively and individually. The DNA solidified God's plan for salvation and we understand that. But it is his personality within us. A divine love for people. The courage to go. The spirit of selflessness to walk away from it all. And it took away the fear of death in the face of our adversaries. Burkina Faso has changed just a bit since we were here the first time in 2010. In 2010, I could camp from the north, the south, the east, and the west without a fear for my life. Now we're locked into the city because ISIS has a bounty on our heads. Things have changed, but the Spirit of God has not. The Spirit that sent us has not left us. It allows us with complete assurance to apply Paul's pen words when he said, for me is to live and to die, is to live as Christ and to die is gain. Let me break it down. To be Christian is to be Christ-like. It's to be like him. It's to take on his essence. It's to take on his personality. It's to take on his Actions. It's to, as the fruit of the Spirit would say, to, to have love, to have joy, to have peace, to have forbearance, to have kindness, to be good, to have faithfulness, to have gentleness and self-control. Sounds a little bit like Jesus to us, but the fruit of the Spirit in our lives is the harvest of Christ's personality in us. To love the unlovable, to go places where you would not want to go. Do you think for one minute that he wanted to climb that hill called Golgotha, but there was a love inside of him that pressed him to what he was designed to do? God manifests in flesh for us, and we filled with his spirit. We filled with the love of God have got a divine destiny for us no matter what happens in this world. We must fulfill that purpose for our life. Finally, a spirit of sacrificial giving. 
The great apostle Paul wrote and penned words that said, thank you to the church here, or thank you to the church there that, that sent the funds, or, or sent me a coat, or just a blanket, or a little bit of food. A spirit of sacrificial giving. The spirit of a Christian. A true Christian. Filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Considers the loss before he considers himself. Jesus gave no consideration of himself. He had no house to live in. He was like the birds of the air that would just land where the Spirit would lead him. He gave it all, including his life. So when you observe the personality of the early church, after the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, you see the essence of Jesus Christ that walked upon this earth. Sacrificial giving, sacrificial going, sacrificial fasting, sacrificial praying, giving it all for the cause of Christ. But that was then, and this is now. That was 2,000 years ago. It's irrelevant to our generation. We've moved on from that. We've grown up. We're more intelligent than that. We've gone further than the apostolics. You can find the DNA of Jesus in Acts 10.44 as Peter is preaching. The Holy Ghost fell upon them. Jesus showed up in the midst of the word as it was being preached. The Spirit of God interrupted Peter and said it's time for a deluge of the Holy Ghost. And they were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. But missionary, again, that was a long time ago. Does it really relate to us now? Acts 13 and 2, and while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Ghost said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. So they fasted and prayed and laid hands on them and they sent them off. The Holy Ghost said it. The Holy Ghost spoke. He said, I've got a work for them to do. I've got some place for them to go. There's someone that needs to know this word. It was the Holy Ghost that said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. God calling. God sending. God directing. Yet we say that was then. And this is now. You see it in the life of Luke as he tended to Paul while he was in prison. He doctoring his wounds as he dictated the words of Paul. Luke, a close friend of Paul, did not have to go to that prison that day. No one told him to go, but because of a love for his brother and for the word of God to go forth, Luke gave himself to the darkness and dampness of that prison. He, he took on the bonds of Paul so he could doctor his wounds and love him, a spirit of sacrifice for a friend. Friends aren't like that now. That was then. This is now. What type of sacrifice is that? That type of sacrifice makes no sense in the generation that we live today. 
the early church had simple faith. They really thought it was wise to sell all that they had and give it to everyone else. Take my coat if you're cold. Take my shoes if yours are worn out. No thought of vacation homes. No thought of extra cars. No thought of Starbucks at the end of church. There was nothing left. They gave it away. Apostolic refers to the apostles, the earlier followers of Jesus Christ who were sent out to spread the Christian faith. Apostolic is an old word. It seems outdated. It sounds a bit moldy or it sounds a bit musty. It sounds like the old timers. Outdated. Almost undesirable, that word apostolic. It's relevant for our times. It's a word we heard at Grandma and Grandpa's house when the apostolic church was on the other side of the tracks. It was T.W. Barnes that spoke with great authority as an old prophet. He was apostolic. It was Kenneth Reeves in Granite City that would see angels and all that was then, but this is now, it was J.T. Pugh. The word rubs against the flesh or a spirit it grates against us because it requires sacrifice. It requires a holy, separated life to him. The flesh doesn't want it, but it's what God requires. Aren't you glad for your apostolic heritage? Can we just thank the Lord? Father, we thank you for apostolic. Represents a lifestyle of prayer, a lifestyle of separation from the world. A lifestyle of going into the darkness like Sweden and pulling souls from hell. Apostolic. The DNA of Jesus Christ in action. It drives us to do what we do with things that we never thought we would ever do. It's apostolic. The great commission going and preaching the good news. But the Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. There's someone here that's very special to me, Sister Sheets. Would you stand, please? Missionary to Haiti. Gave it all. Left her kids. 1982. Apostolic, babe. Leaves her children to go to a poverty-stricken land. It was not a land of peace and Christianity. It was a land of civil unrest and war and witchcraft. What drives a couple to abandon it all to leave their kids? I was thinking about 1982, I was in high school. I graduated high school then. I think Rhonda probably the same year. The kids were in a vulnerable age. And off they go. We honor you today, Sister Sheets. 
This is from the church of Burkina Faso. Apostolic in power, apostolic in love, apostolic in prayer, apostolic in sacrifice, apostolic in worship. You may be seated. Yet after serving in those years, suddenly Brother Sheets passes. Could it be that he had finished his assignment here on earth? I call it an expiration date. Could it be that he did everything that God wanted him to do? God simply took him. Could it be that the divine destiny of this humble servant was taken because he did what God wanted him to do? The Bible talks about a great cloud of witnesses. And I believe with all of my heart that along with the great apostle Paul, there stands a humble missionary named Daryl Sheets cheering us on, encouraging us to be apostolic, not just in lifestyle, but in going and in giving. There's a thriving work in Haiti today because of an apostolic sending. Listen to this, 56 thousand members in the United Pentecostal Church in Haiti today. <laughs> 764 ministers and 586 churches. But that was then and this is now. John Keyes said, but I have one candle of life to burn and I would rather burn it out in a land filled with darkness than in a land flooded with light. Let me say that again, Lindsay. I have one, but one candle of life to burn and I would rather burn it out in a land filled with darkness than a land flooded with light. God is not looking for people of great faith, but individuals who are ready to follow him. Do you stand with me, please? It was a typical Sunday in Burkina Faso and we were in the church in Wentenga. Rhonda, you've been there, and Sister Sheets, you've been there, Pastor Israel's church. The choir was singing. The choir was rocking. The drums were going. See the little guy at the drums there? Timothy, if you could, you're going to play? You've got to imagine our churches in Burkina Faso. We sit on pews. They're not padded. There's no air conditioning. There's a few fans it was hot. I was sitting on the platform back toward the back. The church is really 
seat-wise, it's probably about the size of the sanctuary. And she came in the back door. She was dressed in black from head to toe. All you could see were the slit from her burqa, her Muslim outfit. I watched her as she walked into the back and I was just a little suspicious because in our country, churches are getting blown up. People are being executed because of the name of Jesus Christ. Her burqa was full and I thought she could possibly have a bomb under her outfit. But I was prepared to go. I looked at my wife and she was sitting about seven or eight seats up from where this woman, Muslim woman, sat. And I thought, if this place blows, my wife is going to be one of the first to go. But we continued worshiping. I watched this woman begin to move just a little bit as the music played. And then I looked back again and she was moving just a little bit more with the rhythm and I thought, what is, what is going on in the back? I looked back a third time and she was in full-blown apostolic worship. The last time I turned my head, she had taken her burqa off and she had thrown it to the ground. She was one of our sisters. She was apostolic filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, but she lived in a Muslim home. So when she would arrive at church, she would take off her Islamic garb and worship God, but before she would go home, she would put it back on and slip back into that home of heavy oppression. It's where she got her strength in an apostolic church. You know, I don't know her name, but I know that she found God in one of our churches. There was a missionary named Brother Allard that was, he's in California now, he's retired, he's still alive, but he spent years in Cote d'Ivoire and he sent our pastors to Burkina Faso and I thought if it had not been for his obedience to the call, would she have a place to worship in that day? And you can look and reflect upon your life if it had not been for the apostolic call and the apostolic obedience to the call, would we, any of us, be here today? That was then. Today is now. And what you decide to do with this message, that's totally up to you. You can give more or you can give less. You can go more or you can go less. But there is a world outside of these four walls, an unseen church, a church that you cannot see with your physical eyes, but they're there. And they're waiting for you to arise.
and be the church. Can we raise our hands? I would to God that someone would receive an apostolic calling, an apostolic sending today. And it may not be to a foreign land, but it probably is to your neighborhood. The first step is being available. Make yourself available. God, I'm available. We talk you through this. I'm available, God. I'm available, God, to do what you would have me to do. I'm available, God, to go where you would have me to go. I'm available, God, to give what you would have me to give. Let's pray. God, 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 have mercy. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy. me. Have mercy, God. You deserve all of Have mercy. I will be for this church upon this city to you Available. 